Hello everyone, and welcome back to Tea Time with Heretics. My name is Maury, he, they, she, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely friends and co-hosts. Hello, it's me, Bing again. I have my usual mug of chai, and we are again joined by our lovely compatriot. Ikum! Uh, they, yeah! it, pronouns. And uh, yeah, I have a can of monster because of course I do. Of course I have a can of monster. It's that boy, and you've got a brand to keep up. Yeah. Exactly. You always have monster, I always have chai. It works out. Maury never has a drink. No, I always have a drink, I just don't mention it. <laughs> yeah, because you're boring. <laughs> you're boring, and it's always some sort of, like, what, fizzy drink? Yeah, so I, what, like, I drink Fanta a lot of tango? Yeah, norm- almost always it's a tango. I think this is the second episode where I've not had a tango. Ooh, mixing it uh, up. Today already. I just have Dr. Pepper. <gasps> Dr. PB! It's, it's because tango is expensive, but at Tesco, every couple weeks, for a week or two, it will go down to like £1.25 for a two-litre if you have a club card, but then it will go back to £2 for like a month. And then, at that point, it's cheaper to get Dr. Pepper. <laughs> oh my god, Dr. Pee Pee. Mm, Professor Penis. <laughs> but, uh, right. do we have any news updates? I think, a brief mention about the Crusade. We had Acorn and I, along with the four other people that are in our Crusade campaign, we had our first session this Thursday just gone. Um, that was very fun. Incredibly stressful. <laughs> Oh, tell me about it. Mm. But it was it was very, very, very fun. The Defenders Alliance, Acorn, myself, and our teammate Patrick won the week overall. Uh, Acorn and Patrick won their games. I lost mine, unfortunately. No more streak. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, no, I've got that just went directly in my eardrums. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, how no. we all unite in bullying Mori. Yeah. Listen, it's not my fault the Admech are mathematically predisposed to being shit. Didn't they well, maybe get play like, a, a better army? <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the tournament ratings, like a month or two ago, they went from a 32% win rate to a 48% win rate. However, that is in a professional tournament setting, and I am very much not a professional, so suck my nuts. You're Admech, you don't have any nuts left. Not anymore! You gave them up for the machine. Mm. One day, eventually, we'll have an episode about the Admech, but we're taking, we're taking a little bit of a break from the Imperium for a while, because we've had like five or six episodes in a row about humanity only. So, oh taking, a, taking a breather from humanity to kind of de-stress from the grimdark future of the 41st millennium. Uh, we're actually, ironically, today going to be talking about something even worse than humanity. Oh, goodness. Because we had a little chat and we realised that we've been talking about them, but at no point have we actually explained properly who or what the fuck the Chaos Gods actually are. Ooh, ooh, we talked about Slanesh. A little bit. Yeah, we, we talked about Slanesh a decent amount because Shem is involved in like the, the Fall of the Eldar and Old Knight and all of that, and that's kind of important for that. But then th- that was that kind of leaves a lot of questions about the other Chaos Gods as well, and about the demons, and about just 
chaos in general. So that is what we're going to be diving into this episode. Didn't you say that towards the end, Horus was corrupted by four chaos entities? Horus was... Okay, so there are five kind of forces that chaos is typically split between, being Khorne, Zinch, Nurgle, and Slanesh being the four chaos gods. You can also have things that are referred to as chaos undivided, which is entities, creatures, or beings that pledge their allegiance or draw power from all four chaos gods in equal measure without succumbing or falling corrupted to anyone specifically. Hmm. And, whew, shit. Alright, I think, Acorn, where do you think the best place to start would be? Just pick one of them and dive in? Yeah. Yeah. We've already touched base on Slanesh, so why don't we start with them, and then we can sort of work our way around the galaxy. Okay. Yeah, that that sounds like a plan. So walk our way around the galaxy. (laughs) I shall see myself out. (laughs) Oh, we need you. Don't. With Slanesh is the the youngest of the four by a decent margin. They are, yeah, they're baby. (laughs) Slanesh (laughs) only really came into existence around the the 25th to 29th millennium, like the the start and duration of Old Night, basically. And I think, as we said before, just as a a refresh on what exactly Slanesh is, they are an entity that deals with domains of pleasure and excess specifically. It's a lot of people have a misconception about Slanesh and this idea that he's he's a sex thing, like a, a sexual entity purely. And like, yeah, there's a decent amount of that in it, but that isn't the entire point of Slanesh. It isn't just sex and to, to reduce it to just that is ignoring a fairly significant aspect of what makes them them properly. They are excess. They are more. They are gluttony, greed, lust, constantly just needing more. She's referred to by the Eldar by the name Sal Thresh, which is literally she who thirsts. And then they use a lot of other names. There's the Great Enemy, the Great Serpent, she who is not named, the Prince of Excess, the Lord of Pleasure, Slanach, um, all of that kind of things. She's definitely the kind of being to be like, one more chapter. Just one more chapter. One more chapter. One more one chapter. Oh shit, is that what that is? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. So the Chaos Gods are warp entities. And if you remember about the warp, it is effectively a, a psychic mirror to our universe. Mm-hmm. It exists and it mirrors everything that our universe is. It mirrors souls and minds and thoughts and emotions and anything that is thought or feeling in real space becomes real in the warp and in the domains of chaos, especially. Especially if it happens, if it's like strong. Mm. So that's how come, isn't that, that's how come Slanesh came to be, is because the Eldar were busy Eldaring. It's the only way I can think to put it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. They were busy having their time. They, they were, were busy having their ex- time, yeah. <laughs> they were busy embracing excess. <laughs> yeah. 
And because the Eldar were such an intensely powerful psychic race with such an intensely extreme emotional spectrum, all of that excess bound together and it created Slanesh. That emotion, like a black hole kind of warping reality down, it pulled together and it became something conscious, something aware. And then she was born into the universe, creating the giant rift known as the Eye of Terror. Yes. Yee! That is exactly... I'm putting the things together! I'm learning! I'm remembering! Well done! Well done! This is why I wanted to start with them, because I knew something about them! And I have some, some art of some Slaneshi demon minis, and a more neutral artistic representation of Slanesh, as well as a fucking Slaneshi space marine. I saw those Slaneshi demons at the game shop that I was at the other day. Hey! Yeah. Demonettes. I looked at them and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. They yeah. seem very over-sexualized, which seems on, on brand with Slaanesh. Mm. It's Slaanesh has a kind of... I think it's... Is it is it Baphomet Acorn? The goat-headed one that has one tit? Yeah. 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 They have a, a that kind of thing going on. It's They're typically described in a form which is female on the right side and male on the left. Two sets of rising horns flowing through golden hair. But they are um, a shapeshifter in all forms, effectively. It's... Talking about Slaanesh is sometimes difficult, especially with the community, because when the... Any homophobia or transphobia or anything like that in the community comes out, it's always through and about Slanesh. Mm. Which is an issue because there's a lot of people who, due to her connections with excess, debauchery, ecstasy in general, pleasure, a lot of people relate them to sexual deviancy, and then a lot of people get really shitty about that and then relate those to, like, actual fucking queer people. I don't think that's what Games Workshop was intending. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't. It's just, unfortunately, the fact that the community can be absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Um, and it also does accidentally feed into a lot of the stereotypes that have been spread wrongly about the LGBT communities because all that LGBT people want is to be able to love each other and love themselves and exist happily. Yeah. But all the propaganda is that mostly is perpetuated in religious spaces is that they want to corrupt the youth that they want to steal your children which I don't know why they're doing why they're spreading that message in religious spaces spaces where they are literally indoctrinating youth into their religion like, and the biggest predators are usually people within that religious community i i would it's it's the meme of i would much rather trust my kids at a drag queen story time than with a preacher <laughs> absolutely yeah hands fucking down and i say that as a priest <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i would not trust my kids with you Hey, I'm... Okay, now this feels like a loaded question because I was going to say I'm great with kids, but... Okay, that, that's, no, that's, I trust you with my child, but also statement. my child is not human because my child is my cat lady. Yeah, okay. la and lady yeah. is a baby. Apart from the fact that I'm never going to have kids, I'd arguably Same. trust more of my kids more than I would because I have a habit of blowing things up. Why would you blow up the child? <laughs> No, I'm not blowing up the child. We'd just be blowing something else up. 
I really good at blowing up microwaves, and this is hey, where John. I should stop listing examples. <laughs> How many microwaves have you blown up in your time? Two? Only three? two and a half. How do you blow up half a microwave? That sounds like okay, a well, very uncertain half a microwave there, buddy. Well, it depends. Do you count it as a microwave even though it was broken? Yes. Oh, is, is a felled tree not still a tree? And no, it's a felled tree. You just said it was a felled tree. Well, f- it being felled does not stop it from being a tree. A no, I'm just being pedantic. Uh, so I blew up two by cooking frozen peas in them. They blew up the exact same way. Uh, black electrical smoke, terrible smell, like a little bulge in one of the sides. They both went the same way. Um, and then me and Max blew up one. Uh, how the fuck do you blow up a microwave using frozen peas, my darling? I... You know what? I did it twice and I still don't know how it happened. Honestly, I think that's impressive. Yeah, there was no metal. It's plastic pot, frozen peas. Unironically, that's actually really impressive. I'm really fucking confused. Two dead microwaves, which means my mum no longer lets me cook peas in the microwave. And I was the reason why my old house in uh, Westbury didn't have a microwave for the longest time. Because mum was like, yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not spending like 80 quid on a microwave just for you to blow it up with frozen peas, acorn. Honestly, I, f- I feel they should have gotten you one just to play with. <laughs> well, see, Max ended up with a broken microwave and uh, was like, hey, do you want to dismantle this? I was like, hell yeah, I want to dismantle it. And it was being really, really annoyingly stubborn. So then we blew it up to dismantle it. <laughs> I love that. At a certain point, though, just we we should just get you like... A rice cooker and you can steam your peas in the rice cooker i want a acorn, rice cooker so bad acorn has recently given me their old steamer and oh. holy shit i've been getting so much use out of that it's beautiful i want to get a proper rice cooker because like yeah mm. but like even those cheaper ones that you just like sort of have like the little tab on the front they're still super fucking useful, and you can cook almost mm. anything in that. Yeah, very. Anyways, uh, since we're already on a tangent, I just want to go back to, like, the tree comment, because, fun fact, trees are not a species in and of themselves. They're simply a form that plants choose to take due to, A, they just like it, and B, competition. Yeah, so. there is no such thing as a tree, technically. A tree is entirely oh. an artificial concept. Do you want to know something really cool? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So you know the saying... Um, if a tree falls in the forest and nothing is around to hear it, does it make a sound? Yeah. If no living being is around to hear a tree fall over, it does not make a sound. Because it physically cannot. Because sound a is sound is airwaves a... that get yeah, vibrated by the concept. hairs in your ear that your brain then translates. If there is no hairs in the ear and a brain to translate it, there is no sound. There is still a sound because the sound is simply our interpretation of those airwaves. But the question, does a tree if a tree falls in the woods and there's no one around to hear it, is less of a, a literal one. It's a metaphysics question. Yeah, no, I know it's a metaphysics question, Maury, but the thing is... There physically cannot be a sound if there is not a living thing around to hear it. I, I guess. No, there's, it, there's no guess. It is the definition of sound. <laughs> it's kind of like the which came first, the chicken or the egg scenario. Eggs. Which, uh, eggs. Yeah. Eggs have obviously existed well before chickens existed. But within the context of the question, people are specifically thinking of chicken eggs. But again, the egg came first because the chicken egg 
egg had to come from something else, which the chicken mutated from. Yeah, it's always egg. I don't. There are some metaphysical questions like that one, where it's like, what came first, the chicken or the with the egg? If you take it at base value, dinosaurs laid eggs. If you take it at fish laid which eggs, which came first, the chicken egg or the chicken, the chicken egg, because something mutated into a chicken and that mutated thing came out of an egg, meaning it came out of a chicken. It, that's how that works. Oh. Speaking like of things making again. obscene quantities of noise, though, <laughs> 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 the each of the Chaos Gods are taking part in something called the Great Game, effectively, which is them constantly trying to rival each other and vie against each other for power, because despite all of their differences, each of them want one thing above anything else, and that is complete and total control. Absolute dominion. They are normally constantly fucking fighting against each other, and it's actually really interesting because if you are playing Chaos Demons in Crusades, in the narrative campaigns, they have a rule called the Great Game where, because normally if you're playing Chaos Demons you'll be fielding like an army that is a mixed detachment of uh, different demons and such, and basically through winning games and doing shit with different demons from different gods you score points for that god in the Great Game, and the higher the god is doing, the better a given god is doing in the Great Game the better that god's demons are hmm. which is funky, but they they very rarely work together but in the few times that they have directly worked together, one of them would have been the Heresy. So that kind of shows you the scale of devastation that they're capable of if they really put their minds to it. But the each of the Chaos Gods basically took one of the legions of Space Marines and corrupted them directly to them. So Angron was corrupted by Khorne, the god of blood, rage, and slaughter. Slanesh ended up managing to corrupt the Emperor's children, Fulgrim's legion unfortunately. But that turned them into that fucking monstrosity that I posted down below. That is something called a noise marine. Noise marines are well known for using sonic weaponry, riding up to a battle, and screaming so loud that they just blow things up. Like, noise marines are constantly screaming at full volume because they're their hearing is directly linked to the pleasure centers of their brain. <laughs> the quiet displeases flesh. Things will get loud now. Yes, I love that <laughs> meme. Just like, this quiet displeases Slanesh! Things will get loud now. They're just fucking me. Honestly, same. My screaming is internal. Yeah. But it's, it's yeah. just, they need more noise. The more hyper-stimulated their, their hearing is, the more they're getting off at any given point. Autistic hell. Yeah, it's it's very not good time if you're an autistic motherfucker. It will firmly suck ass. Josh, the guy who has the the Chaos Marines with the self-sucking power uh, <laughs> has with the a nov -cheese. unit with the knob cheese. No, <laughs> he's who I played against. Yeah, Josh is who Acorn played against on Thursday. Um, and you beat him. They did. have a unit of noise marines, Slaneshi noise marines. Ugh. Which, Wait. if they get to point blank, they will fuck you up. Their, their guns are scary. Do you guys want to... Like, I gotta give something for the audience to laugh at, right? Okay, so... 
the campaign that we were doing it had the the game we were playing had a thing where it was like if you wiped out an entire unit you could bring that back at the end of your next movement phase and you would get what i wasn't told was you would get victory points um relative to double the power of that unit i was just told to note down double the power of that unit that i destroyed right and there was also two markers that you could hold to get victory points of so we're 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 the game's done we've we've played all five rounds um we're tallying up the points right and now i didn't know you got victory markers for the double the power so i'm here like okay well i got 35 victory points from the the markers that i was holding and josh was like i got 39 haha i got I, I won fuck yeah i won i was like how you barely hold the markers because i was all over them and that's when everyone else was like oh no acorn double the power that's that that gives you uh victory points i was like oh then i got 111 points fuck yeah <laughs> I, my game was much closer. It was 90, 92 to 75, I think. I like how that's considered much closer to my near double. Near to be fair, that's, that's, that is one kill away from success, from me winning. If I'd managed to get really lucky in my last round, I would have been able to, to take that. Oh, uh, yeah. I was so annoyed because, like, I left one of um, Josh's guys i think it was like their war boss on one hp left and my war boss was standing right in front of them and then the marines killed my war boss <laughs> yeah those fucking black legionaries are scary but away from away from that that's slanesh the other three there is corn the blood god Zinch, the changer of ways and nurgle the great lord of decay being blood for the blood god blood for the blood god Oh, Alright, I was going to ask which we should get into, but uh, that feels fairly... <laughs> I have a question for before we get into them. Like, as a whole, how did things balance before Slanesh was born? Before Slanesh, it was a... It was a three-way tie, basically. They balanced against each other for the most part. After Slanesh, there was a bit period of, like, instability where it was taking some time to balance out again, but... They have since gotten into a kind of rough order. I think Korn is, without a shadow of a doubt, the greatest of the four. He is the most powerful of the four of them. And Slanesh is actually the weakest, but that's purely due to the nature of the Chaos Gods. Korn is the strongest, Slanesh is the weakest, Zinch is the second strongest, and then Nurgle is in third. Okay. Bing, do you want to um, know something cool? Yes, I would love I would love to learn something cool. There are there are two technical paints that um, are in the Citadel paint like collection. One is a blood effect paint called Blood for the Blood God, and the other one is like a goo, like a, a vibrant neon green goo, and it's called Nuggles Rot. It is like a disgusting oh, pussy that. green that, that yeah. you use for, for doing bubos and shit. Oh, it's it's that. horrid. Like it's it so dries cool. and it looks sticky and wet. Oh, it's oh that's so gross! So it's... cool. That's such a cool effect. It yeah. is. Like... It is. Uh, Nuggles Raw is one of my favorites, and I I can't wait to paint something that I get to use Nuggles Raw on. Because obviously I use like Blood for the Blood God 
um because obviously i'm gonna put blood on my orc stuff um actually i don't think my kill rig's gonna have much blood on it which is ironic um not my kill rig my death dread um but like it's, it's okay uh eventually i'll go over there and then we can get a pack of nerglings and we can paint them all together yeah oh i'm vibrating oh that's so cool that's such a cool idea i'll, I'll provide <laughs> a squig I'll provide a squig. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We have to do squigs as well. But um, I am also wondering, like, if there was a chance to birth another chaos god, would that theoretically shift the power, like, of the universe towards chaos to the point where they could theoretically take over the galaxy? Ah, very good question. <laughs> Because one of the Eldar sub-factions is called the Inadi, and basically the Inadi worship the Eldar god of the dead called Iniad. Mm -hmm. And one of the interesting things about the Inari is they have a, a master plan basically, because they looked at all of the devastation that was caused by the birth of Slanesh, and they thought, well, we accidentally made a Chaos God before? What if so we do it again, but this on time purpose. on purpose, and with good intent? I feel like you have to lack good intent for Chaos to bloom. Well, no, that's the thing, though, because the Chaos Gods aren't inherently evil. That's just the emotion that they were born from. My favourite, my favourite, I know we're going to get onto it when we cover Nurgle, but Nurgle sees all his diseases as gifts to, to the world. He's not evil, he's just chaotic. He's a creator. Yeah. He's a content creator. <laughs> oh my god. That does explain why we are Nurglings. <laughs> You're right. Nurgle You're has right. his own fucking Patreon page. Uh, like I'd he to it. grandfather Nurgle's referred to as like a, a kindly grandfather figure by his followers. He loves all of his children and grandchildren equally. Like from the tiniest microbe and bacteria all the way up to the greatest demon of his kind, basically. Like he they see everyone who isn't infected or who fights against Nurgle's infection as being a misguided child, basically, throwing a tantrum, a kid who's refusing to eat their vegetables. It's not a phase, Mom! <laughs> exactly. Sometimes you are actually allergic to the vegetables. Sometimes. Yeah. But Sometimes that's the, that's the thing, though. just awful. The thing yeah. about Nurgle is once you become infected by, like, Nurgle's diseases and the pox and everything, and you become this horrifying, mutated, disgusting plague monster, it is ecstatic. It is a complete freedom from pain, ailment, uh, disability. It is an, uh, light for the rest of your existence. It is this pain-free, ecstatic beauty where you are able to enjoy life and existence without ever suffering from any physical ailments. Every disease that you embody becomes a blessing to you. And also, after you're infected, you know that no matter what happens, there's always one entity who will always love you. Exactly. Exactly. It's it's as beautiful as it is fucking horrifying. <laughs> yeah. I think we've shifted to talking about Nurgle. Let's just go with Nurgle. Yeah, fuck it. We're on to Nurgle now. 
Can you tell we don't fully plan out these episodes? We just kind of ramble <laughs> and hope we hey, get to the destination. Some of them we do, but this is a fairly light episode, very free form, so we can just go with it. It's chaos, baby. Okay, I should fun. clarify. We're can you tell that only one person sometimes plans the episode? <laughs> <laughs> hey. I think about very valid questions that I could ask to sort of guide this conversation to cover all of the things that I don't know to make sure that we try not to make miss stuff. Mm. Okay, okay. So those two contribute. I sit here and crochet. <laughs> you are, and an you make very informative points. Yeah, you are an important helpful. and valued part of the conversation. The grandfather loves his grandchildren equally. Exactly. It's like, this is. I'm so sure that he's proud of you because you create just like him. Oh. Acorn, you know what you have to do now, right? I need to make a nurgling. You have to crochet a nurgling or a great unclean one or something. Oh, I've got the right colours for it and everything. Excellent. I've got some really grotty colours. <laughs> it's but yeah, with the the Eldar god of the dead they try to basically their concept is if they worship Inead and give their power and emotion and souls to Inead when they die then eventually when the majority of the Eldar race maybe all of the Eldar race has eventually died and been given to Inead they will be able to birth themselves in a similar way that Slanesh did except this time with the express intent of protecting and safeguarding the souls of the Eldari dead and killing the shit out of Slanesh. Huh. Now, understandably, a lot of other people think, this is a really fucking bad idea. They're trying to make an entire extra fucking chaos god. Mm-hmm. I think they're it, just it, trying it... to make another god. It doesn't feel like it's chaotic enough. It's not chaos specifically but it is <sighs> it's an entity birthed from emotion and faith yeah it is an entity birthed from the powers of chaos even if it isn't uh chaos itself do you know what it kind of reminds me of hmm? it kind of reminds me of hades oh. being hades has the in mythos hades has the biggest realm of the dead everyone eventually goes to hades everyone becomes one of Hades and Persephone's subjects. How you're, how it's being phrased is eventually all the Elder are gonna die. They're either gonna get numbed by Sinesh, stuck in a gem, or they're going to go to... What was their name again, sorry? In the yard. In the yard. So they're either gonna they're either gonna like get non ash, go into a gem maybe, or go to Inyard. And it's inevitable that they'll go to Inyard. Like eventually everything is going to die and they can use that power to protects them like one of the reasons like there are like two things that hades is considered bad for one of them is um the death of uh asclepius i can't quite remember his name but he was raising the dead so hades went to zeus and was like hey can you stop him from like hurting my subjects and raising that was the, the dead? that was the guy with the caduceus wasn't it uh the Caduceus is uh no Caduceus was Apollo's. Oh. I don't know. Enough. I don't I don't okay, I'll be honest. I fully I don't fully know the myth personally. I just know like how it kind of ended up playing out because uh Zeus translated Hades go uh Hades went to Zeus and was like, Hey, can you maybe stop him from hurting my subjects? And Zeus was like, Sure and sets the guy on fire. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's very Zeus of him. I mean, he did stop raising his subjects because he was dead. <laughs> he became um, one of the subjects. Yeah. So, but Hades is very protective over Hades' the plays. Hades and Persephone will guard it literally from everyone um there's a reason why kerberos is a god dog there's a reason why like they were some of the most feared greek deities that there were you barely referenced them by name you only referenced them by name if you had to because you did not want their attention yeah it's it's you've said before about like dread persephone yeah yeah that was oh i just sidetracked us (laughs) It's fine. It's 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 all tangentially related. Yeah, that's the one. Thank you. Fuck it. Genitals. Whoop whoop. Ha ha. Ha ha. Ha ha. Stick your dick in it. Stick your dick in it. I'm not sticking my dick in a nurgling. Ugh. That's that's. I nearly. Why not? You'll become infected. Then you'll become Nurgle's grandchildren. I'm. I'm not. I'm not for that, babes. I'm not for that. I'm not for that life. I collect Death Guard. I collect um, Mortarian's Legion, who are the Legion that were corrupted by Nurgle. Um, but no, I, I'm not. I'm not about that life. But yeah, Nurgle's Nurgle's like the least inherently evil, I guess. He's his his lucky number is seven. Each of the Chaos Gods have an associated lucky number, basically. Seven's and... my favorite number. Is it? I really like the number seven. Mum will oh, be like, yeah. "How many bread?" Like, mum will be like, "Okay, so you have four bread rolls. How many bread rolls do you want for your lunch?" And I'll be like, seven. Acorn, you only have four. Seven. Yeah, no, that that checks. Actually, you do do that. It a is lot. my reaction to literally everything. Like, how many do you want? Seven. I have yeah, one. Seven. To be fair, uh, a lot of people, when asked to think of a random number, will think of either five or seven. Why? I don't know. It's usually three, five, or seven. I think it's something about odd numbers being perceived as more random than even numbers. Because even numbers feel inherently more organized, at least to my brain. It's it's especially if you ask them to pick a random number between like zero and ten. The likelihood yeah. that they will go for an odd number being either three, five, or seven, because five is in the middle between zero and ten. Seven is in the middle between five and ten. And then three is in the middle between zero and five. It's they go for the middle. There is there isn't random. It's they go for what they go for the middle or the middle of like they go for the quarters. Um, and odds being is yeah being is right. Odds are perceived as more random than evens. That's really interesting. One of the Which... first times tables you learn is the second times table. That's true. And with odds being considered more random than evens, that would bring us to Nurgle's arch nemesis, Zinch. Now, I have a, a personal vendetta against Zinch because Zinch fucked up my boy Magnus. <laughs> my baby! One of my, my baby. many babies when it comes to the Primarchs! <laughs> yeah, I feel that. Zinch okay. is the, the closest you'll get to your average Lovecraftian nightmare horror, basically. Like, everything to do with Zinch. Zinch is the lord of change, effectively. Am I going to look his... at this picture and get gender envy? Mm, he... Zinch draws power from concepts of change, chance, fate, divination, luck, anything like that. But they're also a divine entity that dov- governs ambition. Uh, everything and anything that involves plats, pl- plats? plots or plans or anything like that 
eventually comes back to Zinch, and he comes, he draws power from it. Every time you scheme something, every time you lie or tell a secret or rig something's odds in your favor, it is a small prayer to Zinch. To that end, a lot of the time, Zinch works in strange and unknowable ways. I've never been more reassured to see that something doesn't give me gender envy. Also, why is Zinch the colours of ter- of a fucking Tyranid? What do you mean, why are they the colours of a Tyranid? Look at the second photo you sent. Oh shit, you're right, the, the it's, purple it's, it's box. It's like box painted, not like custom painted Tyranid yeah, colours. Yeah, you're right. Wow, that's weird. Also... Look at that and tell me it doesn't give weird-ass Nid vibes. Yeah, you're right. It does look kind of like a Tyranid. So, Go on. all of the... Basically, everyone who's ever fighting is making, like, plans to fight and, like, like war plans and such. So, all of those plans and attempts to win, if they are not just going, like, all right, we're going to be there, fight, it's going to essentially give... A little prayer and a little bit of power to this fucker. Typically, it has to be something more schemy than that, if that makes sense. Closer to an assassination than a battle plan. Yeah. Like Alpha Legion. Yeah. Yeah, Alpha Legion. Can we just? Can we just? Like, I, my army is completely immune to Zinch uh, because we don't plan shit. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's a fucking mood. Well, <laughs> we're orcs. We don't have the mental capability to plan shit. Well, you are also nemesis. incredibly <laughs> random and chaotic, which does fuel the siege. But our randomness is not entirely random. It's only random if you're not looking at it from an orc eye. All according to plan. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> but it's... Because Zinch, because Zinch is the power of, of ambition, of intent, of plotting, it sets him diametrically opposed to Nurgle, because Nurgle is, at the core of everything that they are, they draw from stagnation. They draw from despair, from simply having to sit there and wait to die, from not being able to move on, from just being left to rot. That sets them diametrically opposed to each other. Why is Nuggle depression? Yeah, Nuggle is depression. That's a large part of what makes Nuggle. He is that, that accepting calmness that you get when you are just laying down waiting to die he is the peace of despair effectively but that's that sets those two in direct opposition to each other which leaves corn and slanesh then to be constantly pushing against each other primarily as well Korn has a hate boner for zinch more than he does nurgle um because corn despises the use of magic and sorcery and warp powers and shit like that Corn is very much a, a, an upfront and bloody kind of guy. Is he? I, I uh, love, sorry, no, go you go, Bing. I was going to make a joke. Is he a blood purist? Blood is not pure unless you spill it with a knife. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. Ironically, one of the biggest phrases about corn, one of the biggest like sayings, is corn cares not from where the blood flows. Only that it flows. Then he can't complain about using warp power. Yeah, but he hates sorcery. He hates magic and trickery and deception like that, basically. My my, my favourite thing is a, a chaos 
god with immense power, near magical that makes demons. Doesn't like magic. Yeah, he doesn't. Corn is a corn. Each of the chaos gods, in some way, do embody positive aspects. Like Nurgle is that that caring, loving, grandfatherly figure. Corn is a being of honor, of martial prowess. They are right. a creature who is remarkably honest and upfront in what they want and what they do. Now, because Corn is. Corn is all about the kill. He is. The entire thing is blood. Blood must be spilled. Blood must be released. Violence must be enacted. You run in, you kill everything as quickly and brutally as possible, and then you keep running and you keep killing. Now, the reason that Corn is directly set opposed against Slanesh is because if you take too long with that kill, if you savor it, if you take time to really inflict suffering, and you let someone live for too long, then eventually that... to Slanesh. Exactly. Eventually that brutality, that blood, and that suffering changes from mindless, rampaging violence into... Excess. Drawn out, yeah, drawn out excessive cruelty, which then feeds into Slanesh. That makes sense that which, they're diametrically opposed like that. Mm. In a reassuring way, it does mean you will never get tortured by anyone who follows corn. It does mean, though, by the time you've seen them, you're already dead. Oh, god, yeah. God, yeah. They prefer melee to range because then you can Same. really get like stuck in there they use a lot of um like chain swords and chain axes and shit like that like, more kind blood, of kind more of thinking gore. about this the orcs have a really good balance between all four and i'm really surprised that none of the orcs have fully fallen to chaos with just our own brand of Batshit yeah. say. <laughs> there is a there is a really well known orc called Tusker Demon Killer, who basically at one point he grabbed his Wag fleet, sailed directly into the Eye of Terror, crash landed his ships onto a demon planet, and basically just started fist fighting all of the demons on that planet. They wagged the entire planet into basically extinction, and then Korn, looking at this, said, I like this and resurrected all of the demons that were killed, and all of Tusker Demon Killer's warg, brought them back and just had them do that fight again. And since then, Tusker Demon Killer has been on this one planet, continuously killing and slaughtering and massacring. And each day, every day, at the end of this global annihilating fight, all, all of the people involved just get back up. That's... Thing. That's very orc. It is very orc. They're looking for a good scrap, that's all. That's the thing, like, with with orcs, I don't think any of them have ever considered a shower. They are, they literally reproduce like mushrooms. They are literally mushrooms, which really plays into Nurgle with the whole spores and infection mm, and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no strategy, but that feeds then into chaos, which feeds into Zinch. They fucking love a good fight, and they will just keep going and keep going and keep going. And they won't necessarily do it quickly, so that feeds into Sinesh, but then they are constantly fighting. The reason the orcs haven't taken over the galaxy is because they are actually too busy at each other's throats. Literally, canonically, if... If all of the greenskin wags and hordes and infections and infestations across the entire galaxy stopped fighting each other for a couple of weeks and actually
actually just worked together, they would be able to immediately overrun the entire fucking galaxy without any opposition. But because they are so busy fighting each other, then they are just constantly keeping their own numbers in self-check and in control. <laughs> like, we managed to have a perfect balance between all four Chaos Gods, as well as, like, well, to be honest, Orc society, pretty decent if you're an Orc. Yeah, from what I've heard, just anecdotally from what you've said, like, during our normal conversations, the Orcs really do seem to be fun. They're just sort of living their lives however they want to, and they're just having fun existing. We have really yeah, good exactly. healthcare. In fact, in the fact that you believe that you are healthy, so you are. Oh no! Actually, Orcs have really? uh, pain boys. Uh, why has this accidentally turned into me talking, like bringing up Orcs every goddamn mention? Uh, pain orcs boys. Have, orcs, Orcs have pain boys, which are our doctors. Um, they can reattach a, uh, like, it's say if you've got an orc with a messed up body, but a working head, and a dead orc, they can just take off the working head of the messed up body orc and just stick it onto the dead orc's body, and then you go, you got a new orc. <laughs> oh my god, I love that. Because um, they, just, they just stick back together. But because uh, orc currency is teeths, spelled T-E-E-F-S, because we know our languages, but our language is Orc. <laughs> um, a a Peyton boy. The only the only issue with Orc Peyton boys is they have no idea what consent is, uh, in the kind of medical way. Uh, yeah. Whereas they will just repair you if you need repairs, and then they will punch you to take out one of your teeth and take that as payment. Um, but it does also mean you could go to a pain boy and be like, "Hey, my arm's off. I need a new arm." then knock you out and you wake up with cyborg legs and a gun instead of an arm. Missing, like, three teeth. Seems about right. Yeah! It's really cheap healthcare because you just grow your teeth back. I love that. But yeah, that very much feels like... (laughs) That that works. That fits. We can can roll with that. That very much feels like they... They are chaotic, but they would fall under, like, the opposite of what you described Unified Chaos as. Mm. Like, they are... Because you said that unified chaos is when something is corrupted by all of the chaos gods. But the orcs are the direct opposite of that. They manage to balance that perfectly. And I feel like that would actually be more effective in creating a new chaos god than the... What's their face? Doing the death cult thing. Yeah, there is there is a theory that the, the orcs have two gods called Gork and Mork. Gork and one of, one of them is the god of brutal cunning, and the other is the god of cunning brutality. Okay. But they don't uh, know which is which, and they're constantly fighting about it, and there is the theory that Gork and Mork are chaos gods, or at least minor chaos gods, created from like an amalgamation of warg energy, and or hmm. that Gork and Mork are the missing two primarchs. Uh, I really fucking hate that second theory, because a lot of the missing primarch theories are shite. <laughs> That's <laughs> very fair. Oh, Eggcorn's disappeared. Like, there are the four main Chaos Gods, being Siegecorn, Nurgle, and Slanesh, but then there there are a lot of minor Chaos Gods as well. There are two, like, legendary greater demons called Belakor and Vashtor, who are basically, they're like major player characters in the lore, or like major playable minis in the lore and in the game. Um, but they are both really high-ranking, incredibly powerful demons that actively work against the other four core chaos gods 
and they actively work to basically build like a, a neutral chaos army because they want to try and set themselves up as like the fifth major chaos god for example okay that makes sense yeah they'd be vibing they'd be vibing Belakor, i don't know too much about they're the the one that has been around for a lot longer they have a gorgeous fucking mini um Vashtor is a newer one actually that has kind of just come out or is coming out this month and Vashtor is an interesting one because they are effectively the arms dealer of chaos like Vashtor is referred to as the soul forged king and their entire thing is basically they create chaos demonic war engines they create demonic weaponry all kinds of shit like that and because they are so useful to each of the different chaos gods and each of the different demons and agents of each of the different chaos gods and all of that they have been able to set themselves up as a fairly significant neutral player who has enough good faith with each of the chaos gods that the other can't risk trying to wipe Vashtor out because doing so will open them up to an attack from the other three despite personally that. hating Vashtor because they are working with the other three. Oh, I <laughs> love that. Mm. I, you mentioned Bilicor and I just looked it up uh to see what the mini looked like. I think that the games shop that I was at had this figurine in. Yeah. And I was just like, shit, that looks so fucking cool. A lot of a lot of uh, Warhammer shops will have a Belacore as a display piece. It's just one that a lot of the shops have. No, like it was I in mean, a box. It's a like good choice oh, for a display right. though. Yeah. Like it, it is a very fucking good piece for a display piece. But yeah, um, they it's it's one that sells quite a lot because it is a fantastic fucking demon mini. I've seen some some beautiful Bellicor paints. Yeah, I'm I'm just in Google Images. There's several that are just gorgeous. They're so colorful. Mmm. Because, like, the standard Bellicor is very dark and very drab. I think the colourful ones are better, personally. Yeah, there's some that are, like, multi-chrome painted. Like, they're painted like they were dipped in multi-chrome. Mm. Like, obviously, they weren't, but, like, they look like they have that sort of effect. Yeah, some of them are honestly, truly gorgeous. I love it. Oh, that's so cool! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that all kind of feeds into the great game there again because you're you're constantly trying to have all of the different greater demons because each of the chaos gods or any chaos entity of sufficient power is capable of splitting off a fragment of themselves to create a demon all demons are just splintered fragments of chaos gods so like the great unclean ones or the bloodthirsters of nurgle and corn for example are just like greater demons they are large significant fragments of nurgle and corn that have been separated and given sentience and a degree of free will so wait breaking off fragments do those bits regenerate or is there a limit to how many demons can be created by each chaos entity because if they don't regenerate then they'll have to run out eventually there are weaker chaos entities and like minor chaos gods that are capable of creating like a single greater demon and that greater demon consumes all of the power of that chaos god so the entire god becomes one demon because it's a minor god but the issue is if you create a greater demon like uh 
Kabanda is a somewhat infamous bloodthirster of corn, a greater demon of corn. Um, it's it's the one that Sanguinius was fighting in the art where Kabanda has like the really weirdly yeah. foreshortened arm with the chain axe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that took the entire Blood Angels Legion like three months to fight to a draw, and during that fight alone destroyed an entire fucking solar system and almost killed Sanguinius, right? Holy shit. Yeah, like, greater demons are capable of destroying literally entire planets given enough time to prepare and build their armies and their forces. And then by doing that, they can give that worship and power back to their god, so their god is able to create more power and to grow bigger and greater and stronger. Sorry, something else I'm noticing on this Elacor mini is that he has the symbol of chaos painted on his chest. Yeah, he has the star of chaos. Yeah. So is that just a him aesthetic thing, or is that a thing that all of the chaos gods have some sort of representation of the star of chaos? I'm not entirely sure. The, the Star of Chaos is a neutral icon. Like, it's it's one that they all have ownership to, basically. Okay. So technically, like, because it's neutral, the orcs could adopt it and it would be completely correct. God fucking damn it. Yes, technically. <laughs> I'm gonna pin it on my mini. Oh, Chaos Orcs. You could ask you could ask Josh if they have any spare, like, legionary bits or chain axes or something. Oh. There you go. What? No, 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 it, it fits. It's a good idea. <laughs> the, uh, there are, there are other minor ones as well. There's actually a, there was a Tau Chaos God for a little while. <laughs> what? I know next to nothing about it. Basically, the Tau are fish goat hyper-communists who have, like, a, a, a society-wide concept of the greater good and everything has to be done for the greater good. And basically, they accidentally created, at one point, a minor chaos god that was the embodiment of the greater good. I don't know anything about it. It's relatively difficult to find reliable information on it, but it was a thing. Huh. Yep. I, I don't know, man. I do not know. <laughs> but it's... The four Chaos Gods, the four core Chaos Gods at least, fighting against each other is a... is the major, like, component of what drives most of the war. Because since the war in heaven, they've just been slowly brewing and stewing. I think Korn themselves is the oldest of the four Chaos Gods, being that Korn became fully sentient and self-aware sometime during, like, the Dark, the, the dark Ages of early human history, so sometime around, like, M1, M2. So, like, the Middle Ages and such. And then Zinch and Nurgle became sentient shortly after that, respectively, but then it wasn't until, like, another 20,000-something years that Slanesh came up. So Slanesh is relatively very young compared to all of the others. But since their birth, it's basically just been the four of them fighting and working against each other to corrupt the most people and to claim the most power possible. Nurgle's first outing was uh, the Black Death. Yeah! Mm. Unironically, yeah! There's like, a significant odds that the Black Death was a significant component of the power that gave birth to Nurgle. Here's the thing. Do you think... Okay, so, fun history facts of Acorn. 
the Black Death was around in um, Eastern Asia, especially China, before it came to the West. Hmm. Depending on who you ask, it's either the fault of the Mongols, or the Mongols didn't exactly help, depending on their person's view of the Mongols. But the Mongols besieged a city, uh, so when their when they had reinforcements come from the east the city had like uh access to the port so they were doing fine they were just vibing under siege basically yeah um so when the reinforcements for the mongols brought the plague with them uh the mongols catapulted their dead warriors that had the plague uh over the city walls which caused a lot of the merchants to bounce the hell out of that city because However, obviously it was yeah. infected and yeah like um, taking the plague with them taking it yeah with them. Uh, yeah so like the mongols obviously didn't know that like about biochemical warfare they just wanted the city to smell bad um so early biochemical like, warfare let's go yeah so then these um traders these merchants stopped off at like constantinople alexandria venice literally everywhere every major trading hub which meant that it just spread and spread and spread and And that's how that's how europe got the the black death and then it came back like once every decade that makes perfect sense honestly at a minimum But from from the blood and the warfare and the the ritualistic feudal honors and all of that shit of the the early Middle Ages, you've gotten corn from all of the fighting from the Black Death. You get Nurgle from all of the the political scheming and plotting. You get Zinch. It's not entirely humanity's fault that the Chaos Gods came into existence. We were just kind of doing the right things at the right time to help them along, if that makes sense. That very it's much... more like Sorry, Bing, you go. No, you go. Bing? It feels very human-centric. It is. As with as with all things in 40k, yeah. it is very human-centric. Yeah. So, like, obviously, the things that humanity were doing were not helping, but I have a hard time believing that humanity alone, with our limited psychic abilities and limited everything, could possibly be alone in creating three out of four chaos gods? Yeah, we, we definitely didn't do it by ourselves. I think it was more like the culmination of X many millions of years of warfare and all of that shit going on. No, like, like, beginning all the way in the earliest days with the war in heaven. Yeah, Looks at the orcs. <laughs> we've seen that the story is mainly told from the human perspective, and Very. so we don't really know what other more psychically powerful races or what other races who have like access to the war could have been doing to really create these chaos gods and obviously that's going to be biased in the storytelling because we ourselves are humans and so we're going to tell things from the human perspective but i truly don't think that any chaos god created by humans could be anywhere near as powerful as like any chaos god created just by humans could be anywhere nearly as powerful as even slanesh because the eldari were incredibly psychically powerful and slanesh is not of her own like want is Mm. like you said the least powerful there's no way in hell that humans could create something nearly as powerful as slanesh just by ourselves so it has to just be the storytelling is biased because we are telling it from the human perspective and there has to be have been a lot a lot done by other 
more psychically powerful races to create such powerful chaos gods that then in their infancy did affect humans and humanity and the storytellers are just trying to take credit for that whether knowingly or not yeah no absolutely i definitely agree i'd also like to say that like yeah don't get me wrong there's almost certainly a bias right we don't even know all the races i don't think we know all the races in the galaxy we know the playable ones and that's about it so we don't know what was going on at some point there is a list of about three or four hundred uh races that were found by the imperium during the great crusade and then subsequently wiped out um but like we so we don't know what was going on back then but at the same time I think one of the reasons Sinesh is the weakest is because they are the youngest. Yeah. They they had a very, very, very violent birth, which doesn't seem like... I think the reason they had a violent birth was because the race they were born from were very, very psychically powerful, whereas I don't think the others had such a violent birth. There isn't, like, three other Eyes of Terror. There is only the one, which is uh, from Sinesh. Yeah, the so others, I, I especially Corn, think... were like slowly brewing and building for the better part of sixty million years. But yeah. compared to that, Slanesh was basically cooked in a nuclear microwave. Uh, did they blow it up? Probably. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it took out the eyes. It made the eye of terror. Like oh. the others were like Corn has been slowly gestating since the war in heaven. But Slanesh, and that took millions of years, but Slanesh had been brewing for tens of thousands, a couple hundred thousand maybe. Like, comparatively, that's that's a blink of an eye on, like, a celestial timescale. So they would have very rapidly be forced into existence, and all of that pressure had to explode somewhere, compared to the other three who had a lot longer to slowly come into creation and to slowly form in the warp. So- could you theoretically say that Corn is the last child created by the Elder One? Corn, the final son. Oh my god. Did Technically, I make a connection yeah. that isn't there? Yeah, no, but oh yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. They, they would have been the last thing that really came about from their creation. Oof. Oh, damn. Like, so, like, I, I, I think there were, like, was a bias because, like, we know the orcs were still orking. Yeah. It's the only way like, to describe it. We never it. see any of the other races corrupted by chaos. We know some of them can be. Like, we know in theory there are, like, demon-corrupted orcs, for example, or there are demon-cultist orcs. Um, the Nids have some weird interaction with chaos... Like, the Nids have some weird interactions. You're right. There is one, like, excerpt, one of the rare excerpts we get from the perspective of a Tyranid, which says that there are abnormal subspace anomalies present in this galaxy that were not present in other galaxies that the Tyranids have consumed before, implying that chaos as a thing only really exists in the Milky Way. It's relatively localized. That's funky. I guess because there's just enough empty space between the galaxies that the Chaos God's power don't stretch across it without something in the other galaxy. Like, if you got a Chaos Cultist group in another galaxy and they started spreading shit, then maybe. But by the same metric, you could quite possibly go to a different galaxy 
and just have an entirely different set of Chaos Gods, or even the same Chaos Gods, but completely separate entities on the same level of power, where they were just far away enough to just start with a different chunk of the warp. I wonder if the Chaos Gods named themselves. Korn did. Korn's name is drawn from his own dark language, is what the lore says. Um, Slanesh was just named saw, like, by the a Ella. field of corn on Earth and be like, mmm, I'm that. What do you like oh. about it? It's corn! Corn! <laughs> <laughs> but what if his name is drawn from the language of the old ones? Maybe. Because we don't know anything about them, really, beyond like what we went over in the first episode, right? Yeah, that's that's about it. That is about as much as we know about them. So we know that they were communicating, but we don't actually know like what language they spoke. Yeah. Or if they had multiple languages. So it's entirely possible that Korn also might be the last person to be able to speak the language of the old ones. Presumably some of the Necron would be able to as well. Like I, I, I would assume that Cesarek the Silent King would be capable of speaking Old One. For communication purposes, unless the Old Ones had some way of translating or understanding the language that the Necron used. I mean, they would have been able to translate the languages and understand each other. Like, Cesarek was around for a very long time. I presume he would have learned it during the fight, during the war in heaven. Maybe. I love the idea that... Sorry, you there. I I love the idea that Nuggle, like, spawned from a puddle, and, like, the first noise that that puddle made was... Like a, like a, a, a noise that sounds like Nuggle, but bubbly. Just because it's like a bubble pops, and that that's Nuggle's name. That shakes. That fits. It's very Nugglish. It's very Mm. Pokemon as well. Yeah. Nuggle is muck. Muck. Yeah. (laughs) Nuggle is shiny muck. Shiny. Yes. The the great unclean ones are are the regular mucks. Yeah. But yeah, Bing, how is Egg how is that? Does that does that help answer any kind of like lingering questions about the Chaos Gods that may have come about from from everything else involving them? It does. I feel like I understand uh like I think I think I had a good idea of like Slanesh already, but it does make a lot more sense for Nurgle and Korn. Um the last guy though, it, I Zinch. Something weird about him. Zinch is your your eldritch eldritch horror. He is your your madness, your fate, your incarnation. He is the entity that contacted Magnus when Magnus was attempting to break into the Imperial Palace to warn the Emperor. But Magnus didn't have a scheme. He was just trying to help. He did. You're right. He didn't have a scheme. But at the same time. Magnus was being manipulated, and Zeech's main powers draw from magic, from ritual, from sorcery, from eldritch, unknowable knowledge and nightmarish horror. And that was right up what Magnus was capable of doing. Magnus's entire legion was drawing from immense psychic powers, were drawing from cult ritualist sorceries, all kinds of things like that. They had a strong footing in the Thousand Suns, and... When Magnus and the Thousand Sons eventually fell to chaos, they fell to the grasp of Zeech. Okay, that makes a bit more sense. Hmm. The current form that Magnus is in, the the giant with the wings, is yeah, the wings a demon look very primarch. similar to the yes the mini. Yeah, Magnus is a demon primarch of Zeech because after the fight with Lehman Russ, when Russ was sent to kill them, 
Um, Magnus was mortally wounded by a very big spell that he cast to protect the rest of his sons and to get all of the Legion away from Prospero. Um, his soul was effectively shattered into a hundred pieces, and Zeech took the biggest part of this, uh, an, an aspect that's called the Crimson King, which is what the current Magnus is properly known as, the Crimson King, and rebuilt that fragment of their soul with Zinchian chaos power, and that is when Magnus ascended to demonhood. Does that mean that there could be little tiny Magnuses running around? There are. There are. Except there oh, aren't. Yeah! Well, there, there, there are and there aren't, because as far as I remember, the Crimson King, that aspect of Magnus, uh, made it his life's goal to wipe out every other aspect of Magnus. Specifically to find them, hunt them down, and consume them to regain power. Oh. And unfortunately, the Crimson King successfully did that to several of the fragments, and oh. several others, at least one major part being the part of Magnus that truly understood the dangers and the capabilities of their power, destroyed themselves to prevent the Crimson King from ever regaining that power. I'm guessing that he, in consuming the bits of himself, didn't become more of himself. He no, simply became more powerful in yeah. the aspect that he currently is. Lady, I love you, but you can't be knocking over my microphone, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, the Crimson King didn't recombine with the other aspects he consumed. He simply subsumated them. He consumed them. And they were just turned into more strength for this demon Primarch variant of Magnus. Maybe with the help of some of the better, more noble aspects of Magnus's identity, they could have rebuilt his spirit, but unfortunately with several major and key important aspects gone, and with the Crimson King so powerful and so corrupt, it's likely impossible now. That's upsetting. It is. The Crimson King is Magnus's arrogance. Above all else, it is his unfaltering pride that he will never fail and that he will always get the better of things and it is the overconfidence in his powers and his knowledge and that is what Zinch was able to manipulate into binding the emperor to the golden throne for the duration of the heresy <laughs> everything that Zinch does took, is manipulation he literally took Magnus's urge to prove himself to dad and was like eh, I can make this bad exactly it's it's tragedy it's tragedy all the way down yeah, yeah. It's, it's tragedy all the way down that's it but I think, unless Bing, do you have any other questions? Not really. Right, Acorn, any any closing then. comments from you? My ears hurt and I have a headache. Oof. Yeah, alright, in that case we can uh, finish up probably about <laughs> now then. We've covered each of the Chaos Gods, we've gotten a good amount in about each of them. Uh, kind of explained how they work, how they started, what they are, and what they're trying to do. Bounce between all of them based on my chaotic brain connections. Yeah, yeah but I that's... wanted to say, uh, good luck to Maury fucking editing this episode. Yeah, it'll be the question of, do I try and edit it into a single whole piece where they're like all in the correct order? Or do I just try and like clean up the the bits that we've got? <laughs> I think I can't we should just help... clean it up for the chaos. Sake. Yeah. yeah, I mean chaos god, chaotic chaos. podcast. Yeah, chaos, yeah. chaos. But many many thanks to everyone who has joined us for this episode. This one's, I think, this one's going to end up being a, a decent bit shorter than the rest have been recently. 
and it's going to be a bit light. It's been a bit lighter, a little bit airier, a little bit less stressful, just so that we can um, have a have a bit of time to decompress after the horrors of the last like five episodes straight. Yeah. From here Speaking on out, of we'll have horrors a, a bit of more. the past few episodes. Oh. If anybody is checking out our TikTok, uh, I'm sorry that the last couple have been uh, very upsetting spaghetti. Deeply emotionally upsetting. Why would you do this to us? It hurt me too. But uh, the next couple I'm going to have be a much lighter note, very much uh, more comedic. So oh, that's good. If you're interested in pain, you can check out the TikTok as soon as you listen to this podcast. If you want to see some lighter content, just wait a few days. It'll it'll be out. Go 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 check it out because Bing has put a lot of time and energy into making some truly agonizing fucking memes. So respect for that, uh, honestly. Thanks. That shit hurted. Ow. I had to draw it! I know. <laughs> Alright. Many thanks to everyone who's listened. Uh, if you want to support us in any way, please just drop us a, a rating or a review, leave a comment, check out the TikTok or the Facebook page, and if you're feeling especially extremely generous, feel free just to check out the Patreon and drop a small donation on there. Uh, we'll be dropping bits of art, bits from our Crusade games, uh, the unedited version of this, which includes all of the, the weird fucking rambles and side tangents and everything. And all my ticks. <laughs> and at some point, a super compilation of about an hour and a half of ticks. <laughs> woo! 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 Child Moiser! Ha ha! There's a sneak teaser for you. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everyone. Bye! Mm-hmm. see the birth of a new chaos god. Thank you.